Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. ball of energy from the first time I met Kate. Now, okay. Kate's a lot younger than I am, but I was like, I I want to be this girl's friend. Oh like, my gosh. No, she's so fun. So Kate, thank you so much for yes, being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I uh, I felt the exact same way about you, Tanya. Uh, I was like, I, this is Tanya Eklund. I was like, I've seen your bus stops, girl. I want to be your friend too. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. Well, You know what? And I had seen Kate on social media, which we're going to get to in a moment, prior to meeting her. And I had a real come to Jesus moment after I met Kate. Because (laughs) when you see Kate, and if you start following her, she is absolutely stunning. She always looks flawless. (laughs) And I think, you know, as other women, sometimes we cast judgment on women who always look good and you you do this for a living you have mm-hmm. to because you're judged basically on appearances yeah and I met Kate and she just blew me away she's so positive her <laughs> laugh is contagious and she's beautiful inside and out so Kate <laughs> thank, thank you. you for being here thanks dad yeah thanks for having me I'm so excited that's so, so funny that you even thought that <laughs> so we're gonna jump right in so Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, like, where did you grow up? I know uh, what little I know of you. You're very close to your family. So tell us yeah. a little bit about your history and your family. Yeah, yeah. So I was born and raised in Red Deer, which is so funny. And I went to a very high, intense uh, dance academy my whole life. I danced for 17 years. Um, I did it all. And, you know, when you go to the academy, we kind of were like triple threats. Uh, you know, so singing, dancing, uh every genre under the dancing sun and then my parents also didn't really know what to do with all this energy all the time uh so i did a bunch of acting as a kid too and my parents were just very supportive in the artistic side of things and yeah but at the same time my parents are uh, business owners like we have a family business growing up in red deer and my dad is still very well known in alberta for his uh businesses so i came from very corporate parents and a lot of like who I am and stuff isn't necessarily a corporate like welcome kind of energy, right? Because the only way I've ever known how to be ever since a kid was myself. And I've been like this literally since I was six or seven. Like if you watch home videos, I'm like this. I <laughs> so, believe that. I could yeah. picture you as this little six or seven year old yeah. blonde with a ball of energy. Yeah. And, you know, growing up in Red Deer, it, I loved it uh, because I think that just makes me who I am. And I'm always going to, I'm never going to forget where I came from. But uh, I did definitely struggle with it. And I really feel like I got to be able to come into my own skin when I was able to leave my hometown and just really create this brand that I have for myself now. Um, and, you you know, I wanted to wait till I graduate high school to really just like 
welcome everything I wanted to do. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard growing up in a very hockey-dominant city. Um, you know, every boy in Red Deer plays hockey and every girl in Red Deer dances. And that's kind of just what it is. And everybody knows everybody. And I'm sure you get that in Calgary too. But in Red Deer, it's like, it's times 10. So, <laughs> well, I hear you, girl, because yeah. I grew up in Wetaskiwin. Right. So <laughs> I think we're even smaller. And I mean, our slogan is cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. And, <laughs> and so we're huge hockey players. Yeah. And you, if you were a guy, you played hockey. And if you were a girl, you dated the guys that played yes, hockey. Yes, so <laughs> right? true too. So you grew up in Red Deer. You were involved, high level dance, comp, competing, yeah. um, acting. And then at what age did you think, okay, I've outgrown Red Deer and I want to move to a different city. And why did you choose Calgary? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So when I graduated high school, I already knew I wanted to go into hair. Uh, I actually had a big fight with my parents about it. I was like, no, I want to go to hair school. I'm doing it. And my mom's actually was a hairdresser growing up. Oh. So my parents were like, ah, uh, yeah, no, you're not going to go to hair school right away. We put a lot of money away for you a long time ago. You're going to go to school. So I went to business school uh, before I went to hair school. Yeah, I studied marketing uh, for four years. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I moved out to Kelowna and Kelowna's a very entrepreneurial city. So it really helped me, uh, you know, kind of evolve my brand. Uh, and I was only supposed to be in Calgary actually uh, for hair school. I only moved here for hair school because Calgary has a really good hair school here. And then um, what I was going to do is I was going to move to Vancouver right after I graduated to open up the new extensionist location out okay. there. But I accidentally fell in love with the city and I made some really good friends here. And I just really realized no matter what, you can always travel. You can always go as far as you want, but your home has to be home. Mm. And uh, I feel so good in Calgary, and it's really nice to be here. Uh, well, I feel yeah. the same. I mean, I've been here 20 years. I met my husband here, and all of our like our dear friends are here. So once you kind of plant yourself, it's really you know it's really difficult to leave a place that you love. So yeah. I can appreciate that. So okay, if if our listeners have never heard of an influencer, you are going to get a crash course 101 uh, on what that means and. You know, when you go on social media, probably more on Instagram than Facebook, mm -hmm. if you look at someone's profile, you know, what they do, it could be entrepreneur, real estate, car sales, a lawyer, uh, and influencer. And so for our older generation of listeners, uh, they may not know what that is. And so this is, you've taken this very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a big part of your life outside of hair, which we're going to get to as well. And so share with us, take us really to kind of ground roots of what that looks like, uh, how you handle that in a day because you are always on social media yeah. and, and now you're getting approached by people and yeah, just tell us about the whole influencing kind of lifestyle. Yeah. So, um, I've always been kind of a digital girl. Like I've always been that girl with a camera and uh, I started actually having a blog when I was 16 and just like posting fashion things and it wasn't until I was just doing Instagram for fun, actually, because I just love taking photos and I love looking cute and I love taking selfies. And I looked up to women like Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner and just been like, that's where I want to be. And uh, yeah, so then it wasn't until I was in my first year of college that it was one of my girlfriends said to me, she was like, 
Kate, you know, you realize you can make money off this. And I was like, what? Okay. Like I was just accepting free things because brands would message me. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll wear a free t-shirt. That's great. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, what is this, this actual influencing thing that you can do and, you know, bring in brands and managers and all this. So basically with influencing, the way I look at things and the way I would explain it to maybe my grandpa or something is uh, you are a digital marketer for a brand so that these brands do not have to pay for billboards anymore they don't have to try and get in magazines anymore they you know send this to these beautiful girls and these girls are going to make it cool because as soon as you see repetition you want that so you know we're basically i would say digital marketers online and uh, that can be kind of depending on who you are as a person and what you want your brand to be, depends on the type of influencer that you are. But luckily there is uh, room for everybody because influencing has blown up so much. I really think people need to remember, like if anybody ever wanted to get into the space, there is there is room for everybody. And it's only gonna get bigger from here. Look at TikTok, oh you know, um, that clubhouse is just opening up. So it's really exciting. And it's kind of crazy for me too, because I've been doing it since I was, for almost for eight years now and uh, I even feel like okay oh my gosh I gotta keep on this because like there's up-and-coming people and even you know some of my clients that sit in my chairs are trying to get into influencing and they'll teach me things and I'm like what the heck because I would like to think I know what I'm doing yeah you've been you doing know? it for a lot of so years long. so how old are you Kate I'm, I'm 23 I'm gonna be 24 this year okay so you started yeah. this kind of when you were 16 15 16 wow which is it's to me well, I, I mean I'm 40 so I look at that and I'm, I'm like wow that's really young to start something like that. I mean, you mm -hmm. essentially kind of fell into this business at a very young age and now you're growing it. And so tell us about like, people obviously are contacting you because you have over 102,000 followers mm -hmm. now. And so are you able, like, are do you get behind the brands you like or as an influencer, do you look at it more as a business and opportunity and you take everything? Yeah, so when I first started, uh, I, I am very open about it. I took whatever I could take because I it's all about learning, right? Life is all about Absolutely. learning and growing. So when I first started, I would do the fat tummy teas. I would do the charcoal teeth whitening, whatever. Um, and then, you know, something really resonated with me because you said when you met me that you didn't, you know, maybe you a little bit judged a book by its cover. That's been my whole life, Tanya. And uh, I was going to say, so I really realized that with my following too. I was not getting authentic anymore. And I was like, why? Where does that disconnect, that gray area that people feel like they don't know me? Because I'm just this. Yeah, you know? you're you. Yeah. And, you know, I worked hard for that. And I think when I first started, I had to kind of just take what I could get. But nowadays, you know, I've worked so hard for this thing. I look at myself as the brand, as the business, and I can choose what comes to me which is really nice too because, um, you know, I, I want to keep it G-rated. I want you to be able to look at my page and, you know, realize I'm a friend. Uh, you could look up to me. You could be inspired by me, but you're not going to be intimidated by mm -hmm. me. And I'm not doing anything that would hurt anyone else, you know. Mm -hmm. um, very G-rated. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about anything like that. Uh, you know, and just keep it positive because, yeah. I love that. yeah. And I that's what so I important. think of you and your page. And Thank I've you. gone through your page and, and I... I think that you're accomplishing that. Um, and and I do think, you know, the generation coming up behind you, like you're a millennial, so whatever generation that even is, I'm not sure, <laughs> uh, you know, but the, the kids that are now 12, 13, 14, 15, 
they're even the ones that are on social media intensely looking at you. So I think as a woman, a young woman, you have a lot of potential to, you know, kind of pave the way for those, these younger people coming up, because I think Mm -hmm. that's a really big concern I have with two daughters is the reality is I can not let them have a phone until they're 13, but it's going to happen. And they're going to be on social media and I'm not going to be able to follow them and who they're following at, at one, at, you know, one point. So Mm -hmm. I really love that you're, um, you are thinking about that and and who your audience is. Do you ever get tired having to look good all the time? Uh, so this is something I always like to say, and I take this, there's like this funny video of this girl. She's like, I don't wear blue eyeshadow because I like Jimmy. I wear blue eyeshadow because I like blue eyeshadow. <laughs> so I like to look good for me. Yes. I have a passion for this. I, uh, you know, just being able to make myself feel good always, I, I have no words for it. That's just, that's mm-hmm. my self-care. I you know, it. and uh, yeah, I just do it for me because I love it so much. And that's why I had to make it my career one day because yes. I had to give that back to women. Well, and I'm, I, I think you had to because if you love it, you probably wouldn't have time having a Monday to Friday nine to five job in an office and doing this. Like mm-hmm. I look at your your Instagram page and the amount of work that goes into that. And I know because I have an Instagram page that I need help with on a daily basis. I can't imagine having to do that to this level and having another job, like another in, in say corporate marketing, like what you took your degree in. Yeah. So I completely respect the fact that you've decided to, you know, to make this your life and your passion. Yeah. And so share with us how hair fits into the influencer lifestyle. And is it a real beautiful uh, collaboration between the two? Do you differentiate the two? Yeah. And, you know, I'm really grateful for my career because uh, we were talking about corporate. Hair is a trade. Right. Mm-hmm. And trade is very different. I going from post secondary into a trade, I kind of felt like I was doing the opposite. Like I'll never forget the first day of hair school. My hair school teacher asked, What was everyone's highest uh, level of education? And you know, some girls are saying grade nine, some girls are saying, Oh, grade eleven ish and I'm like, I just finished college and they're all like, What was college like? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So it was really interesting with that. Um, but yeah, no, hair has been my passion. I have been bullied about my hair my whole life. I have very thin hair. And uh, yeah, which I know you do, I do too. too. And uh, so, you know, being bullied, why, why you could see my ears or things like that. Hair extensions saved my life. Like mm. I remember my parents kind of were like, Kate, I don't really think a girl who's 14 years old should be wearing hair extensions. But I was like, it needs to thicken up sooner than later. Yeah. So I go recycle bottles and make money to go buy cheap clip-ins and da 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 da. But um, yeah, when I started influencing, the extensionist found me at 18 years old, and uh, Megan, the owner, is one of my best friends and my mentor, and I love her to bits. And uh, I told her when I was in business school that I was going to go into hair, and she was like, "Okay, like we'll see what happens." Did it. And I was like, okay, Megan, I'm ready to work for you. And it's so cool that influencing and hair can be intertwined because I've built my brand for myself. And then when I went into hair, I made sure that I could bring bring my own clientele for me, not because of the extensions, but they come to me for me. And that's, I take that really importantly too, because uh, I've worked so hard for myself and I want people to come to me because it's me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to put it out there, y'all. I have had hair extensions, so I'm 40. I think I got, I started getting them done when I was 21 or 22 and I moved here. 
and I'm 40 and people can't tell and I don't share it. It's not like a big, you know, it's not like a big dirty secret, but it's not something you just walk around with a billboard saying I have hair extensions. Mm -hmm. But to your point, like I have a lot of hair, but it's thin and I, I love my hair. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, how do I say this? It's feminine. Yeah. Um, I just, I love long hair. My hair would, I have long hair, but to have long hair and volume, Mm -hmm. it's, it's rare. And I also know that the extensionist helps a lot of women that struggle with cancer or thinning hair because of disease or illness. And so I, I want to put it out there that a lot of women are like, oh, hair extensions, you know, it's, it's maybe looked at this, uh, fabricated fake, you know, a type of, um, thing that we spend our money on. Yeah. But can you share how your company actually helps women like really feel better about themselves in times of illness and struggle? For sure. And with the extensions, I know that we post really beautiful pictures on Instagram, but about 70% of our clientele and my clientele struggle with um, some type of hair loss, whether it's postpartum, um, tension alopecia, bleach damage, uh, cancer, you name it. Uh, you know, they come to us. And the one thing about what we do, because I know that stereotype around extensions, trust me, I have to defend it every single day, is that we want to be the good guys. You know, mm-hmm. that the technique that Megan created, Vogue Pearl, it's no glue, no heat, no tape, no adhesive, no damage. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I almost like to, I always say the proof's in the pudding, yeah. wear it, and come back to me in a month and tell me what you think. And everyone's like, okay, I'm addicted. So it's really cool to be able to almost um, change that stigma. And, you know, we're just getting started with that too. And so um, the extensionist has a few locations. So Mm -hmm. you have one in Edmonton, Calgary, and is it Kelowna? Yes. And then it sounds like you're opening up one in Vancouver as well. Yes, we are. That's so exciting. And whenever I come in, you girls seem like one big happy family. And I'm sure there's things that go on behind the scenes. But (laughs) And I was there, um, so it would have been... Uh, in the summer last year, right after you guys reopened, I think it was May or June. And I was so impressed. You guys had a very, very difficult demanding client in a chair next to me. She was very rude to your staff. And the way all of the ladies kind of band together. And I think at one point I had like three women blow drying my hair for real because uh, all the women were kind of going back and forth from this client who really needed a lot of work. One of the girls was very emotional because she was rude. So another woman stepped in to kind of take over. Mm -hmm. But as an observer, I was in the chair next to it and you girls just handled the the problem like a champ. Like Mm -hmm. I was so impressed with the staff. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that, you know, you ladies, Megan, have really created just a really wonderful business. Yeah. And I just wanted to share that with you. And, Thanks, and you know what, hair extensions, I think th- these days as women, we all have to do what we have to do to survive and feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, Botox is very faux pas to talk about it. Hair extensions are faux pas, you know, uh, getting your nails done. All of these things that us women do. And, and I think there's this... Um, uh, misperceived idea that we do it for others but you said something very earlier that really resonated for me you're like girl I do it for me mm-hmm. I do because I need to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and feel good about myself mm-hmm. and I loved what you said that really resonated with me yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah it's a confidence thing you gotta do and luckily you guys it's 2021 we don't even have to identify as our own sex anymore yeah. and there's so much out there to make you feel good so just do it yeah go for it you That's know amazing. 
Amen, sister. <laughs> so tell us what keeps Kate up at night. What when you go to bed and you're you're restless? What what are what are the things that you think about that trouble you or keep you up? Yeah, honestly, I think sometimes it's my age. Uh, you know, because I do put, you know, I'm doing a lot and sometimes I get really frustrated with where I'm at and sometimes I do have to remember that I'm 23, but at the same time I'm like, I'm 23, I have to keep going, I'm just getting started, I want to be hitting these, like, big goals of mine at 25, 26, 27, like, and so honestly I just think where I'm at in life, it just kind of overwhelms me sometimes because I have so much more that I want to do and uh, I just sometimes have to pinpoint it and to be honest this pandemic has just really been a big eye-opener for me and you know being in lockdown second time around it's so defeating because you know a lot of the brands that I work with now Tanya are out in LA and I'm waiting to go meet some of these big PR people you know I, ha I had plans to uh, be doing hair Monday to Friday and being out traveling with hair on the weekends because my end goal with hair is celebrity hair that's where I want okay. it that's where I want to go with it so I would love to see JLo or Kim or you name it be wearing Vogue Pearl one day and have my name plastered all over that. Ah, well, that's yeah. an amazing goal. Yeah. I, you know what, Kate? I have a sneaking suspicion that you are going to be there. Thank I, you. There is no <laughs> doubt in my mind. And I look at your age as a bonus yeah. because you are younger and you have so much time to accomplish this. I mean, 23, you already have a degree. You have a mega social influencing business. Like very I mean you've danced your whole life you you know you have a beautiful family you are beautiful so I look at it as you have the world at your fingertips but oh, we are our own worst critic mm -hmm. if we're honest we are the hardest on ourselves so to the outside world you can look like you have it all together and in the inside you're like but I don't yeah you know, I think totally. that that's just human nature. Mm -hmm. But you just you just keep killing it, girl, because I think you're doing an awesome you too. job. You too. I love what you're doing. I'm sitting in the most amazing office I've ever seen in my life, so I love it. So, what advice can you give to people who want to become an influencer? Like, I'm talking no experience, but maybe they have a really great profile and they're starting to get approached by people. What advice can you give somebody, old, young? doesn't matter. Yeah. And this is, I used to have a couple interns that worked under me. And this is what I always tell them is that you have to just be ready to not care what anybody else thinks. Because once you start doing that, you are going to set yourself back so far. Because, and I would ask them, you know, okay, do you have a very good circle around you that are going to support you through it? Um, you know, do you care what other people think? Are you willing to put yourself out there like that? Because once you do, it goes out on the internet. It's not coming back. And uh, I think, you know, anybody who wants to get into it has to ask themselves that. And then from there, once you're like ready to go, then it's about consistency and hard work pays off. So you have to be consistent. And, you know, something that I even have to do sometimes is like if I'm not doing it right now in my space of the other 100K girls or even other content creators, if I'm not doing it, someone else is going to, mm -hmm. you know, and there's always going to be someone prettier, smarter, um, faster, better than you. But you just have to stay true to yourself. Okay, you just said something that totally like I got little, I cringed a bit because you talked about putting yourself out there and being okay to be critiqued and judged. Mm -hmm. Like people are really mean. It mm -hmm. do, you don't have to be in 16, 17, 14 years old to, to be subject to the mean girls. Like yeah. you, you know, when you said that, I thought, wow, you must have to have a really like 
tough inside, like a tough shell, because mm-hmm. you have really put yourself out there in yeah. the beauty industry and in hair and in fashion. So how do you handle all of that, the shame and the cancel culture that we're, we're dealing with right now? Like, do you, like, how do you handle that? Yeah. And you know what? I really have to thank my family because my parents and my sisters and even just my tight circle of friends who actually know me, because I make sure my friends have nothing to do with influencing and stuff, right? I used to actually hang out with a bunch of other creators and stuff, realized that wasn't probably the best decision for me, realized I wasn't really being myself around these girls. And I just, I really think you just have to make sure your vibe attracts your tribe and you keep your circle tight because the rest of the world can judge you, but you know, as long as you have your family and the people that love you and support you, I think is so important. And honestly, I have to thank my parents and they have always reamed me in. Like if I'm being a little bit, you know, saucy on Instagram or something, mom's like, okay, Kate, a little bit of boobs there. Come on. Like, you know, stuff like that. They'll hold you accountable. yeah. And I'm so grateful for it because, you know, it's hard to not get caught up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I I don't know if you know, Tanya, like I went through a huge weight loss the last two years. I didn't. Yeah. I I lost 65 pounds and I did it. 65 pounds? Yeah. And I did it all on my social media as well. And so I would post these before and after pictures and I didn't realize the Pandora's box I was opening Uh. by doing a weight loss thing too. But the connection you have to women is like, it, it's crazy because it's like, wow, we really do all have insecurities. And my whole uh, mantra in life is always be you, do you, for you. Because like, Ooh, I like that. Right? Do you you just got to do it. And if I can post me not looking cute to 100,000 people, then so can you. What's stopping you? You know, amazing. And I've really worked hard. You know, personal development has saved my life. I've really struggled as a kid, uh, just having all this energy and not knowing what to do with it and stuff. And uh, I was going to say, working on ego, I think has been the best thing I've ever Mm. done for myself. And ego is really big. If uh, if you really want to like see the way the the world is and dealing with people, look at ego and study Mm. ego because it's huge. And I make sure the people I surround myself with, there is, I don't care who you are, you don't care who I am. As long as we love and respect each other, it's, I think we're going to be good friends, you know? Uh, well, you sound, when you talk about ego, you sound wise above your years because mm-hmm. uh, my husband and I talk about this a lot and, you know, everyone has ego. Everyone has an ego of some sort. Yes. Uh, some people uh, let it out a little bit more than others. And uh, so to be able to really recognize that, you know, at a younger age, I think is uh, shows a lot of maturity and growth because that's, I think a lot of people, you know, don't realize ego until they're, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. And then they kind of sit back and reflect and are like, oh, okay, maybe I was a jerk or Mm -hmm. maybe I could have treated that person differently. Totally. Uh, 65 pounds, girl. I know. Is that crazy? Oh, I always, when I think of pounds lost, I think of pounds of butter. Mm -hmm. So you lost 65 pounds of butter. Like that's Mm -hmm. huge. And I'm five feet tall. So that's a lot, right? It's huge. Mm-hmm. And so was that just with diet and and working out? Yeah, you know, I kind of went off to school and, you know, I had very strict parents growing up. And so then, you know, going out to Kelowna is kind of a free-for-all. Kid in the You're in the store. wine country, you know, yes. so like hanging out with your girls. And I love to get dressed up with my girlfriends and go have fun. We're going to wineries every every night after class, wow. you know, and doing crazy stuff. And I got really big really fast. Mm. And uh, it was, I wasn't like that for a long time. That's probably why you didn't really see me like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't And I covered recall. up pretty good, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, came, it came off pretty quick too. And that's actually something I'm trying to like work on now. Maintenance. Because maintenance and, um, you know, 
loose skin because yes. you when you lose weight that quick, you're not actually supposed to lose it that fast. Like losing five pounds a month is a very awesome, normal yes. thing. You're not supposed to lose 20 pounds in a month. And that's yes. kind of what I did. But it also showed I wasn't supposed to be that big. Yes. My body was telling me like that's – and honestly, where I was at in life too, Tanya, with like a little bit of mental depression and stuff, it was a lot of emotional weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I got out of a really serious relationship. Uh, I was in a really serious relationship quite young. And I was actually very public about it on social media. A YouTube channel with this guy, you name it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of emotional weight too. And let me tell you, revenge body's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it. it is. I I believe. I that. was a bit old petty about it, and it really worked. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you look. I mean, you look beautiful. Oh, I've, thank I've you. always thought that you have been, and Thanks, I, I, again, I. I, I'm actually not an attention to detail person. I always, you know, I'm I'm like, I look in your eyes and I look at you. So what was below the, the neck down, totally. I probably wouldn't have realized. My girlfriends bug me because it's like, they're, they could like dye their hair purple and I'd walk in the room and I'd be like, oh, how are you? And they'll be like, uh, didn't you notice? Like, oh, I just funny. don't notice a lot of those things. <laughs> but um, well, thank you for sharing that. Now you touched on something that I think is really important for our listeners uh, because it's a, it's a really big hot topic, especially uh, through the pandemic, and that is depression and mental illness. So was that something that you struggled with your whole life? Is that something that came out of the result of a, of, of a, of a relationship that didn't go right? And, and how, how did you power through that? Yeah, and you know what? I think a lot, like where, where I'm at and where I've been at for a lot of my life is people look at me and they're going to judge, you know? And I've just had to come to terms with it. That that's going to be the rest of my life. But as long as I can, you know, just be who I am and, and be as authentic and share my positivity with everybody, that's all I can do. And I think a lot of my um, mental health came from, like mental health struggles came from finding myself and just mm-hmm. kind of um, learning about myself because you kind of grow, especially growing up in a small town, you know, everyone's wearing Hollister jeans and Abercrombie and Fitch tops. And then all of a sudden you graduate and you're like, okay, what? I don't have to pretend to be friends with these people anymore. Like, what the heck? And so, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. I'm a very emotional person. I'm an empath, and I take a lot of people's mm-hmm. feelings on in my heart and in my chest, and I take it home with me at the end of the day. So just all of that combined, just finding myself um, and uh, just being really honest with your family and stuff when you're not doing okay. Mm-hmm. And even nowadays, I'll, I have a check-in with myself, and I know when I'm not being myself, and uh, this pandemic, huh, what the heck is, how's your COVID going? Yeah, you know? well, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, it's, I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And, you know, I, thanks for asking. I mean, I think overall <laughs> I got through it pretty well, but I'm not going to lie. Like there were some days, there was a day in like April where I was supposed to meet my business coach and I call him crying and I'm like, Reg, I have to go to Safeway to get toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> and I broke down in the parking lot. And we laugh about that today. Mm-hmm. But in the time, it was like super real. We didn't know if it was Ebola. We didn't know if people were going to start dropping like flies. I had to temporarily lay off my staff. Yeah. You know, and I think those are not normal human emotions that we ever expect going through in life. You know, I, I just, you know, yeah. And then working out has been like a saving grace for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful that I've had my Zoom calls with my personal trainer and now I'm able to see him again one-on-one. Yeah. And so that's been a big check. And to your point, family, you know, just keeping in touch with family. And I have a really supportive 
uh, support system with my husband and girls. But I think that those check-ins that you talk about are really important with mm-hmm. the people that you really trust that are your biggest fans yeah. because they're the ones that are really going to be there to support you. Totally. Yeah. So Kate, uh, what have you vowed to yourself? What have you promised to yourself? And this may have been when you were 15 or last year or yesterday. Um, what is the vow that you've made to yourself in your life? Uh, I think just, honestly, I always tell myself, and I read this quote as, uh, well, two things actually. I attract success by being my authentic self. And uh, it's time to do the things that you always said you were going to do. Mm-hmm. And those are two things I always like. Even literally my phone background is my vision board. Like, it's, I, oh, you know, I and uh, yeah, and I just think, you know, just do it. Just go for all your goals and your dreams because you can do it. And, you know, I just think life is so short and uh, it, yeah, you just got to do all the things you said you're going to do. And I always tell myself that. Oh, I love that. That's your mantra. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I believe, Kate, you're going to do it. <laughs> Thank knowing, you. knowing what little I know about you, I know you're going to do it. <laughs> Thank you. So we'd like to um, end by spotlighting a charity of your choice that is near and dear to your heart. Yeah. And so uh, share with us what ch- uh, charity you'd like to spotlight today. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously with influencing, I go through a lot of clothes and uh, it, it's, I think fast fashion is sometimes hard for me too because, uh, you know, with like something like this, you post it once. $200 tracksuit, what are you going to do with it now? You know, it's a little bit ridiculous. So I really worked on with even my own brand if I'm I, to re, re-wear outfits. Mm. I think that's huge right now, yes. and I'm trying to focus on that because it's just after five years of this stuff, and it gets bigger. Brands oh send me now 12 boxes of clothes rather than wow. one box of clothes, right? So um, anything that I am not using anymore, I do donate. I donate it or I give it to people I love so I can see them enjoy it just as much as I did. So the charity I want to give spotlight to is uh, it's called Wynn's Thrift Store here in Calgary. Yes. And uh, basically, I think it's just, yeah, the environmental impact that they're doing. Um, donate your clothes or, you know, put it towards something that someone else can enjoy for because uh, it is actually really crazy with fast fashion. Um the environmental impact it has you know i haven't even thought about this like it hasn't you know it's not my day-to-day so that's an interesting Mm -hmm. comment fast fashion i haven't even heard of that kind of yeah because you see these clothes right and someone's like gonna go buy it that that, what are you gonna do with that after you know and uh, there was a point i my i had two bedrooms here in calgary that my old place full of clothes I, I was embarrassing and uh, so now I've really focused on that and what a cool challenge too because we need to normalize repeating outfits yeah well I repeat mine like often mm-hmm. like I it's so funny so I have to share this story so we there used to be a clothing store in town called Jacob it okay. was very old it's old and my girlfriend and I went and got these like they were kind of like little sundresses and but they were like super comfortable we'd wear we'd wear them you know at the beach at the lake and then around the house and they were on sale for $19.99 and she loved her so much that she dry cleaned them she's like she's gonna laugh when she hears this and I did not dry clean mine but this is going back about 13 years ago she still has two of hers I still have one of mine and sometimes we still wear them around the house so like this this idea of fast fashion to be honest Kate is really new to even me listening to this today because if you looked at my closet yes I replenish my closet but I wear my clothes like all the time like Mm -hmm. I, I I'm not saying I wear the same thing every day but I might like an outfit and I might wear it two or three times in one month right so this whole concept of fast fashion is like you just wear it once and that's it 
Well, it's more so just like even I think uh, with like influencing stuff and people who want to be influencers and stuff, you know, even when I had interns, they'd be like, oh, can I borrow your stuff? I don't want to repeat my stuff and da da da. And even me, I'd be so bad. Like, you'd never see me wear this again. It would wow. just probably sit there for the next da da da. So, yeah, I've really tried hard, even with my page, to try and rewear it a different way. And I know that brands appreciate that too because uh, sometimes, you know, even uh, I work with local brands and I work with big brands, you know, and sometimes just retaking that and stuff, it's like, oh, nice. Okay, it's not just a uh, one hit wonder sometimes, you know, especially if I actually do like something. Yeah. Well, you're looking fabulous today. You like, know what I mean, though? Yeah. Uh, amazing <laughs> outfit. I, Kate, I mean, if you could see her sitting here, it's this just beautiful. I, glammy tracksuit with heels. I mean, you just look like amazing. Well, wins. so thank you for bringing that to our attention because, I mean, I know they've been in Calgary for many, many years. And uh, great place to donate uh, clothes to that uh, can go to people that really need them if you're not using them in your closet. I do an edit every year in my wardrobe and I give some to my girlfriends that I know the pieces that they want and then I give uh, to other people that that need them. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that, Kate. Kate Burke, thank you so much for being thank here you. today. I can just and talk to you forever. <laughs> I know, me too. And uh, we just, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and honest. And yeah. uh, I believe that's the best way that we can support each other and empower others. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, Ted. Thanks for having me. I love it. <laughs> so bad. So bad.